Welcome back, everybody. In this video, I'm going to go through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to go through uh, the why. Why do we get baptized in the Holy Spirit? What's the purpose of it? Who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit? When do we get baptized? And before I do get into those things, I just want to mention real quick that there, there seems to me that there's a lot of division in the church around this topic. And there's a lot of people who don't really understand it or they're confused by it. It's even caused some church splits. And I just want to propose to you that the only reason that that, that that's so is because, again, we're just simply not believing what we read. If we believe what we read, all the questions that come up with baptism of the Holy Spirit are very clearly answered. It's very simple. And so I'm just going to I'm going to go through a lot of scripture with you and just show how the how clearly the Bible addresses this topic and answers all the questions. But before we get into all that, I just want to get into this first, that the Bible also very clearly makes a distinction between salvation and baptism of Holy Spirit, that they are two separate events. And I'm going to show you that biblically. And so the first scripture that I want to bring your attention to is in John 4, 14, where Jesus says, if anyone drinks the water that I give him, there will be a fountain of water that springs up in him unto everlasting life. And it's very similar language that we see in John 3.16 where Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That everlasting life is that fountain that springs up within you in, uh, unto everlasting life. And so that's salvation. But then just three chapters later in John 7, uh, verses 37 to 38, Jesus used similar language, but he, it's, uh, there's a change. And he says, But those who receive the waters that I will give him, there'll be like rivers of living water water will flow out from him. And then the very next verse, in verse 38, he says, but he spoke this concerning the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which had not yet been given because he had not yet ascended, but it would be given to those who believe. And so uh, that, that's water baptism. So uh, uh, salvation is that fountain of water that's springing up within us. And then baptism of Holy Spirit is the living waters that flow out of us to be a witness to the world. And so um, again, the Bible makes that distinction, but it also makes it again for us, just in case we missed it there, it gives us uh, the distinction in John 20, verse 21 to 22. And uh, I'll just, I'll read this for you, but this is when uh, Jesus has uh, uh, died, he's resurrected, he's come, he's met with his disciples, and this is what he says. Uh, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It's like, wow, there's a, there's a, that's a super powerful scripture to me. Because number one, he says, just as the Father has sent me, I'm now sending you. I've given you my authority. My great name is inside of you. I've now sent you into the world to represent, G, or represent God just like I have. That as just as the Father sent me, I'm now sending you. That's you. That's all of us. He's now sending us just as the Father sent him. And then he, said, and then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And this is the same language we see used in Genesis in the very beginning when God formed Adam out of the dust and clay of the earth. Then he breathed the breath of life into them. Them. And so that breath was lost through the fall of man. That was that breath of life was that Holy Spirit, and it was lost through the fall of man, where the image that we are, are were originally made in got so distorted and twisted by the fall of man. And so Jesus now comes, he pays the full price, and he comes, and one of the very first things he does with his disciples is he breathes again on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. I've made it just like you never ate that tree. I've restored that which was lost. You're no longer made according to the image of fallen Adam. You're now made back 
back in the image of God and you've been made into the likeness of him. And so receive what's been lost. And I've bought you back and brought you back to that original position of knowing who I am and the connection that you can now have with me. Receive the breath of life, that Holy Spirit. And so that's salvation. But then in, in uh, Luke uh, chapter 24, verse 49, and, and chapter 24 of Luke is the very last chapter of the gospel, and it's verse 49. Jesus then says, now go and wait in Jerusalem uh, for the promise of the Holy Spirit. So let's just read that verse. Luke 24, 49 says this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And it's like, well, well, well wait a minute. You, you already blew on us. We've already received the Holy Spirit. Why do I have to go and now wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Holy Spirit? And see, there's a distinction. They are two separate things. And the disciples weren't like, well, no, I've already received salvation. So I don't, I don't need baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've already, I, I'm good. I'm going to heaven when I die. So I don't need that. I'm, I'm good. I don't need to go wait in Jerusalem. No, they didn't say that. We say that sometimes, but they didn't say that. They understood that this was something that was very important and very powerful. And though they didn't know what it was going to look like, they knew they needed to be obedient and go and wait in Jerusalem. And that's what they did. They were obedient. And there's a really interesting scripture uh, where, where Peter actually talks to the Jews, these Jews that were uh, threatening them. They were These Jews were really upset that they were still preaching this gospel of Jesus. They thought they killed Jesus and were done with him, but they're still preaching him and they're doing these amazing things. And so they, they threaten uh, the, the apostles and the apostles respond. And in their response to these Jews, they, uh, Peter says something really interesting. And uh, so let's look at that verse. It's in, it's in Acts 5, verse 29 to 32. It says, But Peter and the other apostles answered and said to these Jews, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him to those who obey him. And so uh, again, we, we see we, that we receive salvation through believing in Jesus, that he is the only begotten of the Father, that he died for our sins and he was resurrected and raised from the dead again for our justification. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's a distinction made where it's given to those who obey him. The uh, uh, disciples were obedient to go to Jerusalem and tarry and to wait, and they did. They were obedient, and out of that obedience, baptism of Holy Spirit came. So again, uh, I'm not just asking God to bless my plans. I'm asking God, what plans are you blessing? I'm not asking him to follow me. I'm following him. Lord, what are your plans? What do you want to do with my life? How do you want me to spend my time? Where do you want me to go? What do you have planned for me? I want to be obedient to you. And so uh, the baptism of Holy Spirit, God gives to people that he trusts, that are obedient to him, that are connected to him, and that are following him. So that's just a really important scripture that I need to bring to your attention. Obedience is, is again, Again, just a huge part of being a disciple. Um, and so anyway, now that we've seen that, that there's a difference between the uh, between salvation and baptism of Holy Spirit, now I want to move on to who. Who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit? And this part to me is really exciting. Uh, again, the Bible answers this very clearly. We see it in Matthew 3.11. Matthew 3.11 is John the Baptist speaking, and, and he says this, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So again, we see this, Jesus is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And so my question for you is this, do you trust him? 
do you trust Jesus? I know around the topic of baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's there's maybe been some weird things or strange experiences. I, I don't know, but this is what I do know, is that if Jesus is the one that's giving me this baptism of the Holy Spirit, then I want it and I trust him in what it looks like and that he'll give it to me. And so again, Jesus paid the highest price. He, he went to the cross and if he died and went through the brutal death he went through to give me this gift of the promise of the Father, which is the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then I want it. He paid the highest price for it. I want to have it and I trust him in it. And so this goes into the next verse, which is in Luke 11, verses 11 to 13. Uh, and it's Jesus giving a bit of a parable and he's talking about the Holy Spirit and he says this, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so again, we see that, that Jesus is, is saying, hey guys, if you, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, you will absolutely give it. The, he's, the Father is such an amazing Father. He so wants to give you the Holy Spirit. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And the imagery he uses in this parable, I do find interesting because he says a serpent and a scorpion and a stone. And I believe these things are symbolic. This is why we can trust Jesus when we're asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe that because of other places in scripture that talks about these, these uh, symbols, the snake and the scorpion represent something demonic and I think the stone represents something useless. So when we're asking the God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he will not give us something demonic and he will not give us something useless. He won't allow something demonic to happen and he won't give us something useless. So uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit is from Jesus. He is the one who baptizes us and I absolutely trust him in that. And so again, if Jesus wants to give it and died to, so that he could give it, then it's very important that I do have it, that I do desire it, that I seek it, and that I ask for it. And I just want to encourage you that if you've asked, asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you have not yet got it, do not be discouraged. It's not like a try me, see if you like me thing. It's a, it's a, it's a continue seeking, continue knocking, continue asking, and you will get it. It's a promise from the Father. He wants to give it to you. So keep Keep on asking, he absolutely will give it to you. So now getting into, uh, that's the who, who baptizes us. Now, uh, what is it for? What is the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And again, I just wanna to propose to you that the Bible answers this so crystal clear that there's no, there's no, other, there's no questions uh, that we could have after we find out uh, what, the, what the word says about it. So I wanna get into that with you. Uh, we, we find out in the book of Acts um, chapter uh, one, verse four and five, and then also verse eight, it says this, and being assembled together with them, he, being Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. And again, this is the exact same language that Jesus used in Luke 24, 49, where he says, go wait for the promise of the Father and you will be endued with power from on high. And that's what uh, I, I, I believe, guys, that's exactly the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to be endued with power from on high, to be bold witnesses, to bring a demonstration of the power of God uh, to people so that I'm not just telling them God's real, I'm gonna show you God's real. It makes us effective witnesses to do that which we could never do on our own, to heal the sick,
sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to speak with new tongues, to, to see the uh, demonstration of the power of God. And, and Paul actually alludes to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Uh, and he says, he says this uh, in 4 to 5, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul's saying, hey, when I come and preach to you guys, I am not looking for you to be impressed with my three-point sermon that I've so nicely tacked out. Nothing wrong with that, but Paul's saying, my motive for coming to you guys is not that you're impressed with me. My motive to come to you is to give you a demonstration of the power and reality of God, and so that your faith is not in my words of wisdom, but in who God is and the power of his great name. And so Paul's saying, I want to give you this, I've come to give you this demonstration. And just two chapters later, in 1 Corinthians 4.20, he again says, For the kingdom of God is not simply a matter of talk, but of power. And so again, we, we are giving these people a demonstration of the power of God because we've been baptized by Holy Spirit. We've now been endued with power from on high to do that which we could never do on our own. And uh, if we look in Acts 4, there's uh, another, uh, like a fresh baptism that comes again upon the apostles and disciples. And uh, the context before I, I share this verse again is that the Jews have come again. They're threatening persecution, imprisonment, uh, and death. And, and so the apostles are gathered together and, and Peter speaks up and he prays a prayer. And so we pick up in Acts uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 29. And it says, Now, Lord, this is Peter's prayer. Now, Lord, look on their threats, the Jews' threats, and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness, with boldness. And so again, the whole purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to be endued with power on high to make us effective witnesses to proclaim the word in all boldness. That's the whole purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, just as an example, even in my own life, I've, I've encountered people that are atheists or uh, there's even a man I met that, that didn't even really believe God was real. And if he was real, he was really mad at him. And, uh, and so we were talking and you know, he just kind of wanted to argue about it. And I was just like, there's no point in arguing with someone because even if I win an argument, I, I might not win the person. And so I'm not just looking to win an argument. I'm like, hey, let me just give you a demonstration. I'm not just going to tell you God's real. I'm going to show you he's real. And he had actually a really serious problem in his body. One of his bones was 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 totally crooked. And so I said, hey, man, do you mind if I just pray for you? And I'll, I'll, sh I'll give you a demonstration that God's real. And he was like, yeah, I guess, fine. And so uh, anyway, so I laid my hands on him and I prayed for him. And I saw it with my own eyes and his, his bone went, it just really cracked and it went right back into place as if it had never been crooked. And he lost it and just started bawling. And I gave him a demonstration of the power and of the love of God for him, that the love of the Father was absolutely real for him. He knew him, he cared for him, he saw him, and he wanted to come and set his bones straight. And so I gave him a demonstration of the power of God. I was, it made me an effective witness and with boldness, I prayed for him because that's the baptism, the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm not just going to tell you God's real. Let me show you God's real. And I did. And now how can you argue with that? There's, the, there's no argument that's to be had. It's settled. And so, um, 
Uh, that's the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, when it gets uh, comes to uh, different evidences of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a lot of people talk about tongues, and I don't disagree. I, I, I see that way more often than not, we see one of the evidence being speaking in tongues. It's absolutely true. I speak in tongues. I love tongues. Um, if I could be honest, I don't, I don't know that uh, speaking in tongues is, is always an evidence. Like we just saw in Acts 4, the, there's a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's no mention of tongues. Now, again, we do see it more than we don't see it, but I, I, I don't 100% know for sure if, if somebody can be baptized in the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues. I would propose it's probably possible, but I'm open to being wrong. And so I, I don't know for sure, but I do see more often than not that uh, the evidence of tongues is absolutely there. So I'm actually gonna do another video on tongues. There's four different kinds of tongues I've found in scripture. And so I'm gonna do a whole other video on, on, just on defining tongues and talking about it so that there's some just some real, real biblical clarity there on what that's all about. So that'll be a different video. But moving on, I wanna get into how to receive. How do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And again, uh, the Bible just clearly answers this in Galatians 3.14. It says this, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise, remember the promise of the Father, the promise of the Spirit, same language, uh, through faith. Through faith, guys, it's so simple. Uh, we receive it by faith. We ask for it and we absolutely believe that God wants to give it personally to me. He wants to endue me with power from on high to be a bold witness that proclaims his word and gives a demonstration of the power of God. He wants to give that to me. I believe it, I receive it by faith. And so um, it's just real important that, that we believe that he absolutely wants to do that for us. And so we just ask and we believe. And so there's there's four places I'm going to go through really quickly in the book of Acts where we see that there was uh, um, two different ways that the Holy Spirit gave gave the baptism uh, to to believers. And the first one we see is in Acts two, uh, where where the baptism comes to the Jews, and they were all like I said before in obedience with one accord. They were waiting. Nobody prayed for anybody. The Holy Spirit just fell, and he he baptized everyone. We see the exact same thing happen again in Acts chapter ten verse thirty to 45 where Peter is meeting with the Gentiles and he's preaching the Gentiles to him and Peter didn't even believe that the Gentiles could be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you get that if you read uh, Acts 10 if you read the chapter you see that he didn't even, wasn't even believing for the baptism of the Holy Spirit but at the preaching of the gospel to the Gentiles the Holy Spirit fell on all the Gentiles and they spoke with tongues and prophesied and Peter was like whoa seriously the the, the Holy Spirit has also been given to the Gentiles it's not just for the Jews this really is Joel 2 28 where God's pouring out his spirit on all flesh and so uh, again nobody prayed for anybody just at the preaching of the gospel the Holy Spirit fell and baptized the Gentiles the second thing that we see is how uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes through the laying on of hands and that's seen in Acts uh, 8.18 and it's also seen in Acts 19.6 where, where a believer who's already been filled with the Holy Spirit, so they already have it, that's how they can impart it, they lay their hands and they ask for uh, God to baptize these believers in, uh, in the Holy Spirit and so it's through the laying on of hands. So um, that's how uh, and, and it's also important I believe that we understand that we are called to uh, salvation, to water baptism, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's again, all throughout the word, it's like right away, all three, that we could be fully equipped to walk in all the good works that God's prepared for us to walk in. And so it's really important. Now, I just want to say this too, that I absolutely believe that there are many 
believers, many Christians, who never experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they don't believe in it, they don't want it, um, but that is not a salvation issue. So I want to make that clear. Baptism of Holy Spirit is not a salvation issue. Receiving uh, Jesus and believing in him and receiving the Holy Spirit for yourself, that that's salvation. And so it's, it's separate. So you don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. I think there's going to be a lot of people in heaven who were never baptized in the Holy Spirit, but once they're up there and they see clear, I think that they're really going to wish that they did get baptized in the Holy Spirit in their time here on earth because we're all called to have it and it's very important. So uh, it, it, it's not, again, it's not a salvation issue, but it's it's incredibly important because it's what makes us, again, an effective witness to be endued with that power from on high to give demonstrations of the reality of God. And so it's so important. Salvation is for us. Baptism of Holy Spirit is for others. And it's so important that we have both. And so I'm just going to end with this. Uh, I mentioned it in my last video. Acts 19, 1 to 6, when Paul meets these brand new disciples that he had never met before, the first two questions he has was primary concern was, hey, did you get baptized into Jesus Christ in water? And did you get baptized into Holy Spirit? And if that's Paul's two primary concerns when he, as soon as he meets a new believer, then that speaks to us how that should also be our primary concern when we've met new believers. Hey, have you been fully equipped? Have you died in Christ in water baptism and been raised up with him? Have you received the, the gift of the Holy Spirit being baptized into, into the Holy Spirit so that you've been endued with power from on high to be a bold and an effective witness? Have you received those two things? Because it's very important that you have them. So yeah, just want to encourage you guys, ask God for it if you don't have it. He, he will give it to you. Keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking, and he, and he will give it to you. And so bless you guys. This is Baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the next video, I'm going to get into um, two more baptisms. And so we'll see you then. Take care.